Hey, welcome back to the Foundry Church Podcast. I'm so glad you came to join us today. We hope you enjoy your time. We are continuing our series with Purpose Over Preference. Please enjoy. We're gleaning from the life of David, which you'll hear about in just a few moments. But if we define purpose, let's, let's look at that. If we define purpose, we see the reason for which something is done or created or for which something exists, okay? The reason that something is done or for which it exists, all right? Second part of that is something set up as an object or end to be attained, okay? Like a goal, a purpose in life. The end result is what we're looking at. But then we get into this preference side of things, the act of preferring, right? The power or opportunity of choosing, and even one that is preferred, especially when we talk about the shepherd as we did last week, the one we should prefer over ourselves. Okay, so let's look at the life of David one more time uh, in the Psalm, Psalm 23, 1 through 6, and let's read on your screen. You don't have to read out loud because that could get awkward really quick because some of you guys always love the bust out in song when you read out loud. Anybody else with me on that? I'm just kidding. It's just me. All right, let's read. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the, pa- the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. We see David's perspective on God, the shepherd, but we also see in the book of John that Jesus is the good shepherd. Do you remember that from last week as well? Therefore, he says, verily, truly, I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate, right? Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come to them have life and life to the full. We see him as this shepherd that loves and care for us. So last week, we kind of wanted to get to this place of understanding that our lives will come up under the shepherd and that we can say with confidence like David did, the Lord is my shepherd. Remember that? The Lord is my shepherd. Talking about this relationship, we know with the life of David, man, he was all over the place with stuff. Anybody ever studied him from the Old Testament, looking through scripture? David was a hot mess. And that's much like most of us, right? Most days of our lives, that's like us. We can identify with this guy because he's real. He made monumental mistakes. He did things that nobody should ever do. He was a bad dad. He was a terrible leader sometimes, but yet he was a man for God's own heart. He was someone that was trying to get it right. So he could say in the end that the Lord is my shepherd. What does this mean? That he comes up under him, that he is his master, leader, and guide. So today what we're going to do is go a little bit further in the scripture, only just a couple scriptures, but a lot of content that's so deep. Again, you know, I talked about Philip Keller is an author who has helped us take a look at this, the 23rd Psalm, and will help as well in some understanding. A great book for you guys to read if you want to go deeper as well. So the first thing is this, the Lord is my shepherd. Remember that you possess him as your shepherd and he possesses you. I shall not want, I shall not want. What does this mean to want? All right, let's define it a little bit, that we will not lack, we will not be deficient, we will be in proper care and management, not wanting and properly cared for. I don't know about you guys, but that's attractive to me, where it feels I've been in lack, 
right? I've been in deficiency. I've been in places where it feels like I am lacking and I am wanting things and needing things. Are you with me? This is a place that we can all find ourselves often, but it's also another, another definition, utterly connected and the good shepherd's care. And this is important and not craving anything else. What does this mean? This is different. It's that you are in this care and you are happy with this care and that you don't look anywhere else to fill your wants or your needs. Very important for us. I shall not want. He's everything to me. He provides everything to me and for me. I don't want to look anywhere else for anything else because I am content in him. Isn't that a great picture? I shall not want because he is my shepherd. I am content and I am found whole within him. So we always have that battle. Remember last week I talked about a little bit. I want want you to understand this, that, that God has birthed within you destiny. He has birthed within you promises and he has birthed within you purpose. But what's so crazy is that, yeah, you're God's idea, but you're also the enemy's as well. And as soon as you decide to go steps further with God, the enemy raises his attack on you. And that's where the battle begins. Will I listen to God's purpose and preference in my life? Or will I follow my own preference and create my own purpose in life? And this is where we see the battle ensue. So when we look at the Lord as my shepherd, I shall not want. God's purpose in this is to help us completely understand that all we want and need is and will always be found in him. And I think about that as a father. Man, I tell you what, sometimes I'm like, I know you're trying to learn. I know you're trying to do things on your own. Listen to me on this. You know, we want to get to that place with our shepherd, with our God, with our master, with the one who cares for us, that all we need, all we need, and an understanding in our mind will be and will always be found in him. But our preference creeps in and we say to ourselves to find what we need and other things than the shepherd other things than the shepherd. And this is so hard because we're talking about something here that's, that's about contentment. I don't know about you guys, but I struggle with contentment sometimes. Anybody else? It's so wild to see, you know, you get this new thing and you, you wanted this thing for so long. You were so excited about this thing. You shopped it up on Amazon. You shopped it up on Google. You went to Best Buy. You, I like electronics. You went to, you know, okay, or, or, or you looked it up online, and then you went to the Morgantown Motorsports, and you're like, man, that thing hot right there. You know, I, I like transportation and things with motors. You see what I'm saying by this? We struggle with contentment, and this is, this is what we've got to talk about here. Are we And will we always be content with just him? Or will we try to find contentment in other ways? So important for us to understand this. And David understood this well. He had been hunted by Saul, the king, and hounded by Absalom, his son. Remember, Saul was the king of Israel, and Absalom was his son that wanted to overthrow him and did. Okay? So we look at this this picture that David understood that when everything was stripped away from him, okay, Was he content in those things that were stripped away or was his contentment found in the shepherd, in God? And that challenges us. Where is our contentment found? Mark 10, 21, Jesus speaking to the rich young man. Jesus looked at him and loved him, looked at him and loved him. One thing you lack, he said, go sell everything you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. He was getting to that place asking him, where is your treasure? You want to find eternity, but is your eternity found in these things that will perish? Or is your eternity, is your eternal, nothing wrong meant 
found in me. Again, nothing wrong with stuff. Nothing wrong with things. But are those things the only thing that brings you contentment? Or is he the only one who will always bring you contentment? Something important to think about. The second thing is this, and so important for us. The Lord is my shepherd. We want to be able to say this. The Lord is my shepherd. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He makes me lie down in green pastures. Let me, let, let's, let's take a little test. Are you ready? You want to take a test? You're like, no, I don't want to do this yet. All right. These are easy. Remember, when you get tested at the foundry, you don't have to study for it. You don't have to stay up all night and cram. All you have to do is grab a cup of coffee on the way in, sit down and be like, ah. okay, so here's the test. How many of you guys struggle to slow down in life? Raise your hand. It's, it's, it's yeah. It's an it's a, a or B. See, it's, and you got two arms. It's really great, okay? So you can choose it. But you, you struggle. Let's see it again. How many of you struggle to slow down in life? Yes, I see those hands. Robert's like, amen and amen. Hallelujah, okay? All right, I get it, all right? I struggle to slow down. I struggle to stop. I struggle to rest. I struggle, I struggle to lie down. I struggle to lie down. I, I love a good nap. I love, I love until the kids come down the hallway. I'm like, get thee behind me, Satan, and all the demons that are in the hallway. You know what I'm saying by that? I love to lie down, but I can tell you the truth. Most times I have to be made to lie down. And when we're thinking about sheep here, we're thinking about sheep and they have to be made to lie down. Otherwise, they will go and do their own thing. Does this sound familiar to you at all? To lie down, this is an understanding and a picture that a sheep experiences when they are completely free. When they are completely free. And there's some things that they need to be completely free from, as do we as sheep under the shepherd as well. And here's four things that sheep need to be free from so that they can lie down, all right? That they can be made to lie down. First is fear. They have to be free from fear. They have to be free from tension. They have to be free from pests, okay? Right? Anybody? You're like, I got some in my life I can tell you about right now. Pests. And this is going to be a hard one because, well, it's still kind of early. Hunger. Okay, they've got to be free from these things. Otherwise, they will not lay down. They will not have rest. They will not experience freedom in being a sheep. See, God's purpose for us is to experience freedom that is found in and with him, the shepherd. So important. God's purpose is like, look, you need to find freedom in and through me. So this fear, this tension, this friction, another word for tension, right? This tear, this tiction, okay? This stuff in your life that you carry, that bears you, you need to be free from that. But what do we do? What do we do? And you can see it in our preference. We try and fix it and figure it out and find what we need on our own, don't we? We try to find what we need on our own to, to solve these things within our lives. When really his purpose is like, come be with me. I am the one that will provide all of these things for you because I am the good shepherd. We think about David again. Remember, I said we're going to go to his life and glean from it. The situations that he experienced with Absalom, he couldn't fix the problems with his son. There was inactivity, which even perpetuated the problem with his son who was trying to rise up against him. And you think about it. 
He couldn't fix it. He knew it. He was helpless in the moment. And you think about it as well with Saul. As he was being pursued by Saul, and you can read in this in 2 Samuel and Samuel and read through the Old Testament. It's a lot of fun where you see these stories where David is being pursued by these people. Remember, he's not finding contentment in his things. He's not finding, right, a fear, a sense of relief in these things. He needs to experience freedom and he knows he can only find it through the shepherd. See, he could have killed Saul in the cave, but he didn't. Okay, he could have stopped the hunger, stopped the fear, the aggravation and tension, right? But he didn't. He let the shepherd do his job for David himself as the sheep. How often do we step back and say, shepherd, do your thing. Shepherd, do your thing. Always anybody else? Oh, man, Duke's a hazard. Duke's a hazard. Shepherd, the lost sheep. Shepherd, the lost sheep. Anybody remember that? (laughs) Man. Remember that moment? And then always, whoa, as they're jumping, 65,000 general leaves later, they land it. But you think about the shepherd always looking for the lost sheep in their instances of life, saying, look, just listen to me. Pick up the other side of the, of the not now phone, but the CB, you know, listen to me. You're lost and you're in need of me. David understood that and he let the shepherd do his job. Philip Keller says this, the shepherd is the only one who can make it possible for the flock to lie down, to rest, to relax, to be content and quiet and flourishing. The shepherd is the only one that can do this for the sheep. They can't do it in and of themselves. This is true. Why? Because sheep are known to be helpless. They're known to be helpless. Anybody grow up in 4-H or do anything with sheep? You know what I mean? Like raising sheep? Anybody do that in life? I've, I've watched them. I see that hand. God bless you, sister. Okay. You know if you had sheep, they're really special. Really special. They're special. You know, you just, you got to love sheep to love sheep. You know? <laughs> they're helpless. And in any sight of danger, what do they do? They get up and they, they're in flight gone, flight, dispersed. The flock, you'll see it. Anything that hits the flock makes the flock be hit and they're gone because they're helpless and they understand their position under the shepherd that he is the one that will take care of them. He is the one that will protect them as the sheep. Keller shares a story in his book about one time that his sheep were under attack from outside you know, outside things that were, that were reaching in and trying to, I mean, it was like all kinds of stuff, animals and even some folks that were trying to steal the sheep, okay? And he tells a story of how him as the shepherd, he would go out in the middle of the night and some nights sleep out in the field with the sheep with a flashlight and a gun so that if a wild dog came up and tried to kill the sheep, he would protect the sheep. Pachow! You know what I'm saying? He would shine the light and kill anything that would seek to devour his prized possessions, his sheep. And we look at the shepherd's love in this way and how he wants to protect you. Honestly, guys, we're helpless on our own. We really are. We can figure out a lot of things. We can study a lot of things. We can gain a lot of education. You know, we can have a lot of accolades in life. We can have a lot of work and this title, that title, all these kinds of things. But without the shepherd, the sheep are helpless. See, God wants us to see true freedom in our lives. He wants to help us be able to lie down. So freedom from fear. How does this happen? 
You know, we live in a time that we're completely uncertain and filled with all kinds of things that would cause fear within our lives. You know that. We live in a time where there is such hatred, bigotry, all kinds of things that makes your stomach turn daily. We live in that current situation that makes you sick. How do we overcome this fear and try and find this freedom in him? It happens when we understand that God is in our midst, that the shepherd is in the field with you. When you look around, as soon as those sheep see something crazy happening and they're about to get up, they look over and they see the shepherd and they're like, hey guys, we're okay. He's here with me. He's in the field with me. He's amongst the flock. He is taking care of us. He has in his hand something that will help us to protect us. He is here in my midst. I do not have to fear. Are you with me? He's there in the field with you. And we understand another way is when we understand that the Holy Spirit is alive and well within us. So important. The shepherd shines new light. Now, it's, it's funny how Matt was talking about that light that shines. And that's what he does. He shines new light in so that we can see the truth in the moment and that we don't have to have a spirit of fear like 2 Timothy 1.7 says. God has not given you a spirit of fear. Right? Do you remember this growing up? But of power and love and of a sound mind. A sound mind. And it's so important to understand that sound mind is a mind at ease, at peace. I don't know about you guys, but at night, that old boy is racing inside. Anybody else? I'm thinking about everything, especially Saturday nights. Sunday's kind of busy. It's the only day at work. So, you know, it's, it's really... <laughs> I wish that was true. Okay? <laughs> I'm working on that. Being at peace, not perturbed, right? Or harassed or obsessed with fear and, for, and foreboding for the future. Not this, this thought that I am overwhelmed, but I am at peace. It's that quiet water stuff. It's still water. He's trying to lead us to that place where we don't have to fear, but we can find peace. I don't know about you guys. But I love when the Holy Spirit floods into my life in this way and gives me that peace that goes beyond my understanding. Second part of this freedom is tension. Tension. In this life, we experience tension with folks, don't we? If you have been alive more than 37 minutes, you know that there are people that when you get next to them, there is a friction that is created that is not good to create static, but all kinds of other things in your life. You know what I'm saying? Anybody been around people like that? If you didn't say, mm-hmm, you might be the one. Just kidding. <laughs> Don't worry. This ain't the conviction moment. No, no, no. But this tension, and this tension is based out of the desire for us to get ahead. Keller talks about sheep and that there are some of those ewes that are, that are the older ones, okay, that have more established. And what they try to do is they try to come and butt their way in to the grazing, to the green pasture enjoyment of the younger sheep, they try to butt their way in and make, cause a problem. You ever know those kinds of people? They create tension in the flock. They create friction in the flock. And this is something that we got to be well aware of, guys. Well aware of in our lives and asking ourselves, are we the ones that are bringing this competition to the flock? Are we the ones that are trying to kill the rivalry? It's so important for us. So, listen, how does this freedom happen pertaining to this tension that we see? It comes when we don't compete with others, like I just said. We can't choose to create friction and tension, nor give in to it. 
Are you with me? Someone always gets hurt in the process. Someone always gets burnt. Someone always gets broken in the midst of this friction that we encounter. And again, recognizing that the shepherd is present. When people see Jesus in the room, when they see Jesus in the room, and hopefully they see him in you, when they see Jesus in the room, they know that he's the one that can take care of the tension that they experience. So important for us. The last thing we got to do is fix our eyes on him. He is the author and the perfecter of our faith. He is the beginning and the end. And if we don't look to him as our good shepherd, we will fall to friction and tension every single time. Because when we look at him, we say, I want to be like him. Think about some friends in your life that you may have. Friends that you admire. And when you look at them, you say, man, I want to be like you in that way or this way or that way. That's what it should be like when people look at us, that they see Jesus in us in such a way that they see us and they see him. So important for us. Keeping our eyes on the shepherd. We're aware that Jesus is in the room. The rivalry, rivalry with others will cease. It's like when that teacher walks in. Remember when you were kids in school? Man, we had a seventh grade class that was of the devil. I wasn't of it. I was a saint. <laughs> I was a great kid, a really good kid. But I remember, seriously, Miss Connick would walk out the room and all hell would break loose. People are like throwing stuff. I mean, they're putting things in coffee cups that should not go in coffee cups. It was bad. We'll share that some other day. I mean, they're putting tacks in her chair. They're doing all kinds of stuff. And she come back in, rah, like, you know, ready, like coming like a lion. You know, she is ready, but like a toothless lion. So it was just more growl than bite. But anyways, it was, that's a true story too. Hopefully she's not with us anymore and can't hear this podcast. But the thing is this, when she come back in the room though, everybody's, we weren't doing anything. Ah, she sits on the chair and she gets thumbtacks in her butt. You know, she looks in her coffee and there's things in there that shouldn't be in there. You see what I'm saying by this? Something was happening. But when the teacher, when the messenger, when the, the master, okay, steps back, the shepherd steps back into the flock, these things stop. And we think about this tension and rivalry that we experience in life. When we fix our eyes on him and he is present in the room, these things will cease. Another freedom is from pests. I don't know if you realize it or not, but sheep in the summer months can succumb to some pretty major pests. Okay, there's all kinds of bugs that can get in them and mess with them. Parasites, all kinds of stuff, all kinds of flies, all kinds of things. And what happens is when these sheep are so bothered by these external factors that can become internal as well, they are so bothered they are not able to lie down. Have you ever looked in your life and seen things that are, have just bugging you in such a way, pun intended, that you are not able to find peace, that you are not able to find green pastures, that you are not able to just breathe? You're not able to lie down and have rest. These are the pests of our lives. And we think about this. We need freedom from pests. How does this happen? The shepherd daily daily looking after his sheep. He's watching them. He's seen if there's things messing with them, disturbing them, you know, causing things that are bothering their skin. If you have pets, you know what I'm talking about here. It can be, you're in West Virginia. Anything can attack them things at any time, right? Anybody understand what I'm talking about with dogs and cats and bugs from the outside coming in? We have to make sure 
that we're and he him daily and what's so great about our shepherd is that he is watching after us daily and he acts at the first sign of disturbance what does he do he pulls the ticks off he treats us with chemicals that are very costly if you will okay the real shepherd not God the shepherd. He's like, oh, here's some bleach. Have fun. No, not like that. But taking care of these sheep, he treats them and he cares for them in such a way to take these things out of their lives so that they may find rest, so they may be free from fear. Also, something about oil. This is really cool. The Holy Spirit and what he brings to our lives. I don't know if you realize this, but throughout scripture, the Holy Spirit is symbolized by oil, which brings healing, comfort, and relief. We'll talk more about that later. But the Holy Spirit makes Christ present, real in us. He anoints our lives in this way, fills our lives in this way that his presence is made real, that he applies healing and soothing to the things that of our lives that need it. The Holy Spirit's job is to be with you. He also brings about that quiet contentment of peace, right? And he also leads and guides you in the right path. So important for us. The last thing, this last freedom that we need to see is freedom from hunger. All right. I don't know about you guys, but uh, I like to eat. Anybody else like to eat? Eating's fun. Good times. Good times. Okay. Sometimes too much is not good. And then you can't sleep at night. Okay. That's when you're too full. But I, at night, oh, a bowl of cereal. Anybody with me? Do you really like cereal at night? Oh, I love cereal at night. I love it. But the problem is it stays with you, not in your stomach, but on your love handles. Okay. But I love because I sleep better in my mind. Probably I sleep better when I just had some, some cinnamon life. This was last night, cinnamon life, 2% milk, nice big bowl, fill in the belly. Let's go to bed. (laughs) Satisfied. I can now lay down. Think about hunger, though. Think about spiritual hunger in this way. If we are not full of him, we will not be able to lie down. When we think about sheep in this way, we think about these green pastures. Green pastures don't come easily. The area in which most sheep were grazing over in the Middle East was not an area that had green pastures innately. No, these lands had to be worked. Roots had to be removed. Rocks had to be taken out. Stumps had to be taken out. This shepherd had to work the land. He had to toil. He had to work hard. Then he had to plant the right seed in there so that his sheep could be healthy. Are you with me? It wouldn't happen. Then he had to get water to the place, irrigation, so that these seeds in this land that he worked would grow. We look at the work of the shepherd in our lives, and he's done so much to make sure that we can be fulfilled. This work is so hard, but it is a pleasure to our God, to our shepherd, because he loves you, the sheep, so much. God desires that we live in a land that is flowing with milk and honey. And this isn't just talking about the promised land in the Old Testament. The reason for this, this, this visual that you get flowing with milk and honey, listen, if the land is green and growing, bees will produce honey. If the land is green and growing, the sheep, the cattle, the livestock will produce milk. Without these things in place, there will be no flow. And you look at this in your life. 
If you don't have green pastures, if you don't have the right vitality in your life, if you don't have these things, you will not be flusher that we see life. You'll be dying. Are you with me? What a picture that we see here, that if the land is healthy, if the pastures are green, we will experience a flow from God like never seen before. God's purpose is freedom in our lives. We just have to acknowledge his presence and direction. The last part that we're going to speak on this morning is this. The Lord is my shepherd. He makes me lie down in green pastures. You ever been so thirsty you thought you might die? Anybody? I remember the story of Anthony as he was in Washington, D.C. <laughs> you were waiting for it, weren't you? Matt, you were waiting for it, weren't you? Okay. As Anthony was at a great music festival or whatever it was, and he got so hot, he's walking around without his shoes and can't find water anywhere. Chris, you almost lost him that day. But uh, thank God the other Chris was there. He'd be like, you want some water, bro? Okay. But I have never been that thirsty, Anthony. I have never been that thirsty or that dehydrated. And I don't want to experience that ever in my life, Okay. But with sheep, when they are thirsty, they will set out on a search for it. And the problem with sheep is that they are dumb. Okay? Those sheep, not us. We're too smart for that. But they will set out to find water because all they know is that they are thirsty. But left to their own vices, they will drink water from little potholes that are infested with parasites and all other things that will kill them eventually. And they don't even realize what they're doing. And that's kind of like when we think about God's purpose in our life, wanting to lead us to, to rivers of living water, right? Are you with me on this? Wanting to lead us to places where we will not experience death like this, not right up front or even down the line. But we often, we often try to go out on our own and find good water, only to find a pothole filled with death. So God's purpose, the shepherd seeks to lead us in our thirsty souls to spiritual satisfaction that is found only in him. Our preference is to find, listen to me on this, listen, this is so big, to find spiritual soul deep quenching elsewhere. What are you thirsty for? You think about this in your life. You think about, the, guys, I got like uber convicted on this. I'm going to share with you in just a minute about this. Matthew 5, 6. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Filled, not filled. Filled. And if a man is thirsty, Jesus said this, let him come to me and drink. This thirsty is this deep inner sense of searching and seeking. Look at me. You're with me on this. You've seen this. You look in your life when you're just thirsty. You need to be quenched. And instead of coming up under the shepherd, we try to come up under our own way of figuring things out, right? To drink is to take in, to accept, and to believe. He's asking us, are you thirsty for me? Will you drink of me? I love this quote by St. Augustine. O God, thou hast made us for thyself, and our souls are restless, searching till they find their rest in thee. O God, thou hast made us for thyself, and our souls are restless, searching till they find their rest in thee. And you think about this. We will never find our rest unless we look to the one who can give it. David understood this. Keller puts it so well, as, he, as I quote him this morning, he alone knows where the still, quiet, deep, clean, pure water is to be found that alone can satisfy his sheep and keep them fit and strong. He's the only one that can help us figure this out. So this is really unique. How do sheep get water? How do they get water? 
Now, you know that our bodies are comprised, and most animals, 70% of water. We're not like gazelles that can go without water for quite some time, okay? We are, we are comprised. See, one of the most, we need water. So how does this happen for, for sheep? See, one of the most important ways that they get this is the dew on the grass, which occurs early in the morning. If you were up this morning, you could see that fog that was out and you could kind of get that feeling of this. And me, my mind was here already of like that early morning grazing that sheep have. They also look for those deep wells and the streams and springs. But how about us? How do we feed our soul? How do we quench the thirst that is so deep? So it's early mornings. I struggle with this. This is where, I, man, I got convicted. I got super convicted. Why? Because what I try to do is fill it with so many other things. You talk at the, these great leaders that, that can attest to this. It's their quiet time that has made the difference. That is the crux of their success. These quiet times, these do-on-the-grass moments in the morning when nobody else is bothering you, when you feel like you're completely safe. God's purpose is that we rise and drink in Him. Are you with me? Drink in him early in the mornings, right? And, and seek him, the well of life. What we try to do is find peace and quiet outside of that. I got to be real with you guys. The last couple of weeks have been a little difficult for me, a little hard because I just felt like I was depleted. Anybody ever feel that way? Working one day a week, it's crazy what it'll do to you. But I just felt depleted. I felt dry and I felt empty. And, and, and I just, I watched myself as I look back at studying this and just being convicted by the Holy Spirit. What I tried to do, it's funny. Listen, the pastor, the guy that's supposed to, oh, he just hangs out with a shepherd all the time. That's what he does the other days of the week. He's just talking to God and hanging out and just having fun and getting sermons and, and praying with people and doing hospital visitation. And his, man, he's having, no, I was depleted. I was empty and I was dry. So what did I do? Like most of us do. I want to find something new, some new music to listen to. Or I want to go back and listen to some old stuff. Over this last week, I've had that desire uh, to grab when I, and I'm going to Virginia here uh, tomorrow. I'm going to grab my grandfather's old record player, right? Are you with me? To, to, to bring back some memories. Isn't, this is crazy what we do. To bring back some times when things were easier. Are you with me on this? Are you picking up what we do? You know, or, or bought some old CDs, what I did just the last couple of weeks. Bought some old CDs that I used to listen to when dad was alive and when life, okay? And it's crazy, isn't it? Because what we do is we try to fix a soul craving, a soul craving, a shepherd with other sheep and what they produce. Convicted. God's like, come on, bud. Have I ever left you nor forsaken you? Have I led you to streams of living water before? Have I helped you through times like this? What are you doing? And he didn't do it like you're an idiot. He did it like, come on. I'm like, bah. He's like, come on, bah. He's like, come on, bah. You know what I'm saying by this? That's where I'm drinking from a stream. I'm like, am I being bad? Just kidding. Okay. But I, I, I try, and this is, our, this is our human conditions. I prefer to have instant gratification. I love to have a, a conversation with you where you can encourage me and I can encourage you. You know, like we're this thinker, but I've got to get with the one who created us. It's not enough. It'll never be enough. Kara, my, the best thing that's ever happened to her will never be enough because she's not God. She's not the shepherd. She is one beautiful you, but you know what I'm saying? She is not God. My kids 
They're not God. You, what I love so much, the church, they're not God. People outside these doors, when I get to have awesome conversations, they're not God. This shepherd, that shepherd to this lost sheep has to reconnect or I'm going to miss out on the quenching of my real thirst, not my surface thirst. Because I'm going to choose a pothole every time when he says, look, I've got deep streams of living water. Keller talks about this as he was in Africa. This guy's like, you're the man. He's in Africa and he's watching these shepherds take care of these sheep. And what they do is they dig out these big cisterns. And we'll make some scripture to make sense of this in a second. These deep cisterns so that this fresh water can be in. And they lead the sheep down in it and they water the sheep. The shepherd is the one who will give us streams of living water not a pothole along the way. So quickly, we want to abort the mission. We want to quench our thirst on a pothole of disease-ridden water versus following the shepherd to the cistern of life. Jeremiah 2.13, For my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters, that hewn themselves cisterns, broken cisterns that can hold no water. But the good shepherd makes a cistern, a place where water can collect that is not broken, that has no cracks in it, that is completely whole and filled and clean water, a stream, a fountain of living water flows into it and he leads us into it to drink. Don't stop along the path and drink from the pothole. Are you with me? It'll kill you. Maybe not hurt so bad now, but it'll get you later. See, our goal is to be with the good shepherd who leads us down the right paths to green pastures so that we may be able to lie down. That early morning dew, see, listen, they can live off of that dew alone. That dew alone. Of course, they need more water as well. But that dew alone can help them sustain life, a sheep. We need some morning do. Just kidding. We need to, you didn't catch that. We need to get up in the morning and spend time with him. Delay. We need to spend time with him. (laughs) We need to be with him and not miss out on what he has for our lives because it's made new every morning. Our worship team is going to come up this morning and we're going to conclude. And my challenge for you this morning is, is to answer with me some questions. Again, you didn't have to study for this. You just have to study yourself. Introspectively, look within and answer these questions for me. Will your contentment be found on your own or in the shepherd? Will you find your true contentment in him or the places in which you may want to go on your own? Will you leave your fear with the shepherd? Will you be willing to find your true freedom in him? Will you allow the Holy Spirit's leading in your life? Because he will give you peace and quiet. So again, will you find contentment in the shepherd? Not looking for all the external factors of life, but looking to him. Will you leave your fear with the shepherd? Right? Not leave with your fear. Leave your fear with the shepherd so you can find the true freedom. And will you allow God's spirit's God's Holy Spirit's leading, the Spirit to lead you so that you can find true peace and quiet.